I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club, which sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going um, really well. Good. Today we are chatting about Ravishing the Heiress by Sherry Thomas, but first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Um, oh, we watched that Netflix documentary yeah. about the Keepers. Yeah, Mom. I watched, like, a, I came in and out a couple times. And it's about the a nun who was murdered, which, you know, and then it talks about that in the first episode, and then that is hardly mentioned at all again, because it goes off on this tangent of... Uh, Wow, terrible sexual abuse. Yeah. Sorry, Catholics, but that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it happens in all religions, so I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, disparage anybody. Yeah. It was extremely hard to watch and um they don't sell the murder if that's something that you need to have in your show. But it's pretty evident what happened to this poor nun. <laughs> well, and it's I mean, it's kind of isn't everybody who is mostly involved is dead. Yes, well, because it's old. Yeah. I mean, it happened in 1969. Oh, is anyone alive still who was alive in 1969? <laughs> who would if, even... if they are, they must be decrepit. <laughs> who would even bother? <laughs> still breathing air. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was very sad. Yeah. Um, I have been sick this week. I Here's the thing. We're having... Well, everybody knows. There's like a bit of a... <clears throat> surge in COVID, COVID cases well, right now. The Omicron. And one of the girls that I eat lunch with uh, just tested positive. And then I started feeling sick and I'm like, ah, uh, crap. Um, but I went and got tested and I'm, I am negative. So that's good. Um, but it's kind of funny because I text, I was texting my brother about it. And when I finally got my test. My brother Ryan, who's been on the show. My brother Ryan, who's been on the show. So if you ever see him, you can make fun of him for this. <laughs> I texted him and I was like, yeah, I'm negative. He's like, oh, crazy though. I wonder what it is. And it's like, what do you think it is? I mean, it could be any number of things. Like the cold and flu still exists. Well, it's not like people never got sick before we had COVID. (laughs) Well, and I, I, you know, I teach little germy kids who, I mean, we have a bunch that are out sick right now and it's not all because of COVID. It's just because they're all, you know, germy, germy. And we don't want anybody that's sick at school right now. Um, but at least they're keeping their masks on really well, right? They never, (laughs) they never take those off or play with them or anything. (laughs) We have one kid in particular who we're always just like, bud, I can see your whole face. (laughs) Cover it up. (laughs) You always have to say, check your nose, check your nose, check your nose. Cause you know, if it's over their nose, then we're good. But, um, so (coughs) that being said. Guess what I've been watching more of? <laughs> I can hear her in her room giggling, so I know she's been watching K-dramas. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, <clears throat> so I watched one called My Hollow Love, which is H-O-L-O. 
Um, and it's kind of in the same keeping as the one that I watched about the robot. Um, but this time it's like, he's a hologram, Uh, like AI. Look at that. I see what they did there. And so she wears, she ends up with these glasses because somebody's getting chased and they stash these glasses in her purse. She puts the glasses on and there's this like hologram AI that comes alive and she starts falling in love with this hologram AI. That's one would. But, but, but he is modeled after his creator. Oh, hey Um, who maybe she has a secret past with that she doesn't remember, but he does. And, um, <clears throat> so he, because he looks exactly like the hologram, there are times when, like, the hologram goes down and, like, is not functioning. And so then he steps in and, like, pretends to be the hologram and she starts falling, you know, it's like, who is she falling <laughs> in love with? Is it the hologram or is it the real guy? Um, spoiler alert, it's a real guy. <laughs> well, she ends up falling in love with the real guy. I, for a while, it's like she's kind of more in love with the AI, AI but... That's one would be. Uh, he's like a perfect... Have you, have you met a real guy? <laughs> he's, a perf- he's a perfect man who, like, answers her every question and helps her with everything. It's like having a boyfriend, a good-looking boyfriend who's Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <clears throat> so, um, that... That one was fun. It's on Netflix, and it's actually a shorter one. It's not, like, my favorite, but if you're looking for a K-drama and that one sounds fun, it's on Netflix. Um, And then I watched one called W, Two Worlds. And here's... You guys, I've been really into, like, the bonkers ones. I, like... (laughs) I'm now looking for K-dramas that have, like... I'm like, the more bonkers, the better. Okay, so this one is... Her dad is a cartoonist who makes this, like, really popular comic... And it's about, it's kind of like a crime thriller drama about this guy who, you know, his family's murdered before his eyes, like when he's young and he's accused of the murder and put in jail for a while, but then he gets out. Anyway, um, so she gets sucked, she keeps getting sucked into the comic and like becomes like a character in the comic and... So then it's like this interdimensional travel and all this crazy stuff happens. She of course falls in love with the main it's character. Like the, it's like the take on me, take on me. It really music video. The, and they, <laughs> it looks exactly like that. In fact, I was watching take a behind the me. scenes thing, and they were saying that they watched the take on me video for like this one part where they're like going in and out of the comic. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, that one was one that I watched. It's not that one. That one got like I mean. <laughs> they kept they, it's kind of like supernatural where they kept dying both of them and then they kept finding ways to like bring them back again yeah re- rewrite the panels and like wait a minute supernatural wasn't real <laughs> well and wait a minute they kept dying in supernatural <laughs> and bringing back people like um yeah this this one does that spoiler alert. a lot um but it was fun it's not my favorite again but i did read <clears throat> well i listened to you listened to window shopping by tessa bailey yes you did um as a seasoned romance reader, there are a few that can make me blush. But Tessa Bailey, that girl. Um, yeah. There's also something about listening to it that yeah, just like makes just it like, way more like. Oh, oh. No one can hear. Even though I lean in bed next to my husband, I know he can't hear because my headphones on. But and um, he's deaf. <laughs> he can't hear anything anyway. Um, and he's snoring, so he's probably asleep. Um, the trifecta. But I don't know what the complete polar opposite of a slow burn is but that's what this book is these two fall for each other head over heels within 
a day. Yeah. And um, then they just want to hit it like constantly. And um, mm. and he is a dirty talker. Yes, he is for a sweet little Ted Lasso yeah. character. They needed <laughs> she. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. She needed to have Chris Brinkley do his voice. First of all, Chris Brinkley reading that stuff. <laughs> hey, Chris. Well, I, that's um, what, I wonder if, like, she asked Chris Brinkley, was like, I can't read that. <laughs> but, because um, I had it kind of sped up a little bit, so, you know, that might have been part of the problem, that it wasn't deep and husky enough for me, but, you know, Chris's voice is just my Tennessee, my Tennessee voice. Her Tennessee go-to. Um, the other thing that I feel like we need to talk about Yes, what? What? We have, like, the one thing that we've been sharing this week is Wordle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which I know a lot of people are playing. And we're pretty good at it. Yeah. I I, have to say. You guys, I got a two out of six today. I was so proud of myself. I didn't know. Four out of six today? Yeah. It really depends on what you start with. And that's so random that it could be anything. I've got my go-to now. I start with laser. Because it's a good mix of letters if you guys don't know what we're talking (laughs) this is a weird conversation if you don't know what we're talking about but it's just like there's a puzzle a day it's a word puzzle word puzzle and basically you're just trying to get it's like super simple you're just trying to it's like mastermind with letters if you've ever played the game mastermind because it tells you okay you've got the right letter but in the wrong place or it tells you you've got the right letter in the right place or it tells you this letter isn't even in the word yeah. So, and then you just kind of count it down and it becomes kind of a logic puzzle where it's... Yeah. Cause I get to the point where I'm just like, okay, so I've got these letters and, and then I just kind of look at what's left and... Yeah. Um, but we did several in three steps this week, yeah, both we of us. Yeah. Usually we don't like to outdo each other. <laughs> I usually outdo you. Oh, whatever. You've outdone me once. Oh, whatever. Um, but... You can share your scores, so then mom and I always end up texting each other. Look what I did. Look what and I did. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I was even doing that, and then I have to go do it. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, we're killing it on Wordle. Yeah. Is the bottom line. Um, let us know if you guys are playing Wordle. Maybe we'll start, like, a, a thread on <laughs> on the Facebook group of Wordle scores. Um, <clears throat> okay. You guys are going to have to bear with me. I'm probably going to cough and make... Yeah, you're like a phlegm bus. <laughs> Weird, gross <laughs> noises. I feel like this is... Okay, let's get to this book. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Mom. <laughs> I got stuff. <laughs> Don't spoil it, Mom. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> it's possible. I loved it to death. <laughs> I'm just going to say, though, I feel uh, this is, like, in keeping with... Me being sick is in keeping with, like, our annual tradition of the span of episodes where I'm sick. That's true. You weren't sick last year, but the year before, you yeah. were sick through, like, half of them. Yeah, it's true. Okay. And me, I never get sick. After teaching for, you know, 20 years, I've got the immunity system. I need, of a... I need to get that down. Um, okay, today we are chatting about Ravishing the Heiress by Sherry Thomas. It is the second book in her Fitzhugh trilogy. It is preceded by Beguiling the Beauty and followed by Tempting the Bride, which, by the way, I went and read the description for that. Speaking of bonkers, that sounds bonkers, and I kinda, tempting the bride. Yeah, I kind of might need to ha- read it. It's Hastings, Hastings and, and Helena. Yeah, um, you need to read that that description. I, I would be down for that one. I think. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Okay, here's the back cover description for Ravishing the Heiress. 
Millicent understands the terms of her arranged marriage all too well. She gets to be a countess by marrying an impoverished earl, and in return, the earl Fitzhugh receives the benefit of her vast wealth, saving his family from bankruptcy. Because of her youth, they have agreed to wait eight years before consummating the marriage, and then only to beget an heir, after which they will lead separate lives. It is a most sensible arrangement, except for one little thing. Somehow, Millie has fallen head over heels in love with her husband. Her husband, who has become her very best friend, but nothing more. Her husband, who plans to reunite with his childhood sweetheart, the beautiful and newly widowed Isabel, as soon as he has honored the pact with his wife. As the hour they truly become husband and wife draws near, both Millie and Fitzhugh must face the truth in their hearts. Has their pact bred only a great friendship, or has it, without either of them quite noticing, given rise to a great love? Mom. <laughs> I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to say, I like this book okay. Is that fair? Yeah. And I, Because I thought it was well-written. I, I enjoyed her writing. I enjoyed her reading. I had one enormous quibble with this book, which we will get to shortly. Did you guys notice how, like, Mom didn't even let me get my question no. out of... <laughs> well, because I've been thinking, how am I going to rate this book? How am I going to rate this book? Because I didn't <clears throat> hate it. Yeah. But I have issues, and you're going to hear about them. Yeah, you are. And that's good, because... Mom's going to take the reins on this one a little bit more than me, which I is... I am. I'm going to be the bad guy here. Yeah, I get to play good cop, I think, in this one, which I'm excited about. And I will shoot you down at every turn. <laughs> because I don't usually get to play good cop. Um, I think I'm going to give it... Um, I don't know if I can give it a really, like... I don't know. There's things about it that I, I really do... Like, there's things about it I love. Her writing is gorgeous. I loved her writing. I liked the going back in timeline. I liked the starting and then kind of closing in the gap. Yeah, like, we'll, starting we'll at both ends of the timeline and closing have, in the gap. I have feelings about that, too. Um, and she's obviously, like, very well versed in the Victorian era and the history of it. Like, I felt like this felt like one of the more authentic historicals that I've ever read. Um... <clears throat> And I applaud her for doing a romance that felt much more in keeping with situations that were taking place at the time. Um, I just <laughs> don't know how much I wanted to read about it. Um, and I would say, we're going to talk about this too, but I would be way more on board if the ending of this felt more epic or more, I don't know, just more. Like there, it just, I needed, I needed the ending part to be grander than it was. It was okay, very, let's get going. Only... <laughs> we need to get to my stuff. <laughs> You're such a bitch. Okay. I, um, but I, so I, I don't know. I think I'll give it a, a light really like, cause I did enjoy, I did enjoy the book and um, I read it all in one sitting. I read it all in one day too. It was that's why I said her writing was really good, and you know it was a captivating story. But let's get let's move on. <laughs> okay, well, first... ask about Milson. Milson was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell which question Mom really wants me to get to? Mom, what did you think of Millie as our hero heroine? No, I liked Millie. She was very stoic. She was very and the thing you have to keep she in was mind, stoic. yeah. The thing you got to keep in mind is she was 16 when all this started. Yeah. And that, you know, for me is off-putting. But at least they didn't have sex. They didn't have sex so yeah. I was okay with that because. But also she was 16. He was 19. That's not like. 
Yeah, and that's not terrible. Yeah, it's not because I think the other guy she was going to marry before was him thirty three. Yeah, something. was older. Um, <clears throat> so I was much better with her marrying the nineteen year old. Um, so they were both very young at the beginning of this, and she was terribly young. I mean, she's a child for heaven's sake, and um, you know, so they entered into this pact. I wanted her to stand up for herself sooner than she did. Because she yeah. stood up for herself in a lot of other ways. Like the whole business thing and stuff. I was like, you go, girl. But I wanted her to just... Especially when you consider she was doing that at like 21 or something yeah. like and that. Yeah, and I wanted her to stand up for herself sooner than she did. <clears throat> but yeah. but for the most part, I really liked her. Yeah, I really liked her. I I, I left thinking she could do better. Yeah. Spoiler. Uh, what um, did I talk about him? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, spoiler. She is partly to blame, though. Yes, I would agree. But at least she, like... Because she came up with the pact of not doing anything for eight years. Yeah. And at least she she calls that out. Like, she realizes, like, she even tells him, like, I'm, I'm partly to blame because I should have told you my feelings sooner. Um, <laughs> which I have something to say about that, too, later. But, um, and I thought her character was really well set up that she this is a quote, is but a cog in the great machinery of marrying well. Yeah. Like, she's literally only been brought up, her entire life has been devoted to making her a good wife. Right. And, like, a good wife to an earl. And so... I mean, they she, wanted her to marry, because she was an heiress to a canned goods, canned food company. Yeah. And, um, who had a ton of money, which is another thing that I have a problem with when we get into talking about... My good friend fits you. But, um, um, and so the family, as families did back then, wanted her to marry someone with a title so that they could have grandchildren with titles. So that they would have a titled family. Yeah. Um, so I, so, and I thought that was good background for her character because that in a a way kind of explains some of the overstoicism that we were talking about and kind of like, um, <clears throat> I don't know. And I think it also kind of explains a little bit more why she, like, falls in love so hard with him because she had gone through her entire life, like, expecting to marry just some old, decrepit man who had a title, which, which she, she was, almost did. Which she almost did. <clears throat> um, but instead, this, like, young, handsome, charming guy comes along that she gets to marry. And so it's kind of like, yeah. I don't know. It kind of, I don't know. So all that, like, helped, I think, inform her character a lot better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, she's a little, she's a little... Mousy. Mousy, which, you know, she gets described as, but, um, but I did, I did like her inner voice and, um, things like that. I'm gonna stop talking, because <laughs> I know that really... Go ahead, what, ask me, ask what, me. What you want me to do is ask you... Mom, what did you think of Fitz as our hero? I hated him through every page of this book. Even at the end, when he, when he like, professes love for him and stuff, I was like, girl, walk out. You can do a thousand times better. This guy's a dick. He's been a dick since the beginning. It's not even that he's a dick. He's just, like, he's... He's a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. On on their honeymoon, when he's drinking himself silly for, like, three weeks, he's yeah. drunk for, like, three weeks, I would have just said, you know what? I'm out. You're being a big, whiny baby. Sorry you had to marry such a toad. I mean, I would have been furious at him and 
probably partly it's because she was 16 mm-hmm. that she didn't. Well, it's like I was saying, it's the whole, her in, it's in her character. You know, she's been brought up to put up with this. But he was awful. And yeah. then anytime, you know, he found out news about Isabel, <laughs> he'd go into one of his funks. In his favor, I will give him this. He didn't drink anymore after that. Mm-hmm. Like, he stopped drinking and didn't drink alcohol again after that, which, you know, bless his heart. That's sweet. Um, but I still wanted to punch him most of the time. Plus, he's, buy- he's buying gifts and things for these mistresses, which apparently there were many, with money she brought to the to the marriage. I was like, dude, but you mom, are such was, a pr- I get me. that that was a thing, but I don't want to read about it in my <laughs> romance books. <coughs> yeah, I think <coughs> I think this is the... Like, hero that sleeps around the most. I mean, it's sort of... Well, we've read books about a lot about some really <laughs> awful guys. Like, really awful guys. You're like, there's no way he's going to be good Famous by the end of Famous example is St. James. St. James. Uh, Vincent St. James. Yeah. What's that his name? Yeah, in the Lisa Kleypas. Yeah. Devil, Devil in Winter. Because um, I, I went into that book thinking, there's no way he's the hero in the next book because he's an awful person. Or um, even some other books where the guys were super dark and mysterious and had slept around. and You know, I get that. But then the story arc is that they change and become better. There was no story arc in this where he changed and became better. He was horrible through the whole thing. Case in point, like 30 minutes before he's going in to profess his love for her, he's all worried about Isabel. And it's like, but I promised her I'd, I'd ha- we'd have a future together. It's like, who did you promise you'd have a future together? You promised Millie you'd have a future together years ago in a church before God and witnesses. <laughs> and, and why does Isabel get that kind of consideration? And you give Millie crapola. I was pissed at him. I was, I was angry. The thing that I kept thinking was going to come up and, like, never did is... Um... You know, because he's he keeps looking at Isabel's kids and he's like, oh, those are the kids we should have had together. And like thinking about raising Isabel's kids. Meanwhile, he's making this deal with Millie where he's going to sleep with her for six months so that she can have a So kid. she gets pregnant and then he's going to go off with Isabel. Yeah. He's horrible. He's a horrible person. <laughs> but like, and there's no, I kept thinking there was going to be <clears throat> some like aha moment where he realizes okay, if I leave Millie, not only am I leaving her, I'm leaving my actual child. Not like these phantom children that I would slash could have had with Isabel. He was crazy immature through the whole story. Yeah. I thought he was very um, selfish and immature through the whole story. And there was no, there was no um, arc to the story where he changes and becomes better. There was no grand gesture. There yeah. was no nothing. Because if I was Millie, I would have. She kind of says, you know, I'm going to go gonna away. Step away. Yeah, I'm going to step away. But not far enough away. <laughs> I wanted her to like leave his ass and never, you know, I'm done. I'm done with you and you're whining and you're pissing and moaning about how, you know, great your life would have I'm been. your buddy. I'm your. And that's the other thing. Oh, don't even get me started about this one. <laughs> Here's the other thing. So they're, they have this friendship, they've decided that they're friends and they have this, you know, she's his buddy, she's his pal. And then they have sex and she's like a fire cat in bed. And so now he's like, oh, I think I might love her. That's not the way love works. How about 
why you love her for the eight years of putting up with your crap and your whining and your mistresses and all the garbage you've thrown her way. How about you love her for that? Not yeah. because she's hot in bed. <laughs> anyway, can you tell I have feelings? <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Anyway, he pissed me off. <laughs> Did he? Um, <coughs> I do think that I I give Sherry Thomas credit because I do think that the sense of duty that he felt towards Isabel is a thing that happened that maybe, like, us modern day people can't even, like, fully understand. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but... <coughs> I think, I think the, like, financial, um, duty that he feels towards Isabel is probably, like, a real thing because it's, like, there was women that, like, you cared about. Well, I think I even would have been okay if he decided, you know, you know what, let me buy you a house and put you up, but I'm not going to have sex with you, I'm not going to sleep with you, I'm not going to yeah. raise your kids. Which I think it, is kind of what he does. Which is, but. I, and I think she would have been fine with it. I would have been fine with that. But that's not the feeling I got from what they were planning to do. No, 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 no. That's not what they were planning to do. I think that's what eventually happens. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't feel as strongly. I felt very strongly. I was reading this book at like two in the morning and I, I wanted to throw my Kindle across the room. I kept highlighting stuff. It's like, really? Really? You're going to say that at this point in your marriage? I was just pissed. Well, <clears throat> and the other thing is that. There are so many times where he, like, oh, well, I won't let somebody disrespect my wife Oh, like my that. gosh. Yes! I even highlighted that. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, so, and you're showing her ultra respect all the time? No. By sleeping around <laughs> and, yes. um. And he kept thinking he was being so discreet, but everybody knew. And I would get mad at his friends. I wanted his sisters and Hastings. Hastings knew she was in love with him. I wanted him to smack him upside the head and said, look, dude, your wife is in yeah. love with you. That's the other scene, like, I kept thinking was going to happen and it never did. Yeah, was... I wanted him to smack him and yeah. just say, your wife loves you and you're being an idiot. Yeah. I wanted someone at some point to make him realize that he was just a moron. Yeah. Um. Okay, I think this is the better time to ask this question. I have it further down, but... um. So let's talk about Isabel a little bit more. Um, what did you think of Isabel? What did you think of the relationship, which we've kind of, we've touched on, obviously. Well, I think the book did do a good job of this, where he points out to her at some point, and he says, you want the future that you dreamed of us having. When we were When we were 19. young, yeah. And that's not where we are in life anymore. And I thought that was a good thing for him to point out to her. It's like, that's not who I am anymore. I'm not. Yeah. Especially because she was putting down, you know, him working for the canned good, canned food store, you know, business and, and, um, uh, yeah. So I, no, I thought she, and I thought she was, I thought it was terrible when she showed up at the train station. Oh my gosh. I hated that. That, that scene was like the most despicable to me. And, the fact that he shows up and is just like, where'd you go? It's like, where do you think I went, bitch? Yeah. Like, I went... <laughs> you think I want to stand there with you and your mistress? Yeah. <laughs> like, regardless... And, like, regardless of whether or not she's in love with him. Like... Yeah. 
even if it's purely like whatever like even if there was no feelings between them whatsoever like you wouldn't want to be there with him and his mistress i don't know well that scene was the one that pissed me off the most. yeah well and is for isabel to think it would be okay for her to show up at a family event like that and the thing that (laughs) the line that like confused me was um he says like and she's it's isabel is just this way so she she's not it's not even coming from like a manipulative or malicious point i'm like bullshit yeah you must know nothing about women (laughs) if you don't think that was from a malicious or manipulative point of view (laughs) do you know do you remember that line yes i do i know exactly what you're talking about and it's like okay he's like she's just you know she just wants to hang out with all of us friends and it's like no yeah i'm not hanging out with you and your mistress that's not what's going on right now um and I do like that all the sisters and Hastings were, like, side-eying, like, oh, what the hell do we do? Yeah, they <laughs> felt uncomfortable. That's So it wasn't just that she was making, you know, Millie, Millie uncomfortable, but the whole group felt uncomfortable with her there. Yeah. And that's when somebody, it pissed me off that everybody was saying something to Millie, but nobody was saying anything to him. Yeah. To him, yeah. I mean. I don't know. Um. The thing that I had to keep going back to was he was 19. He's 19. At the beginning. He's 19. He was 19. And, I mean, I do think, I mean, I think this is still a thing where, you know, we kind of idealize what relationships or even, like, times in our life of that era, um, whatever, you know college days, high school days, whatever it is for you. Um, so I thought that was good. And, and the fact that he kept romanticizing that time in his life and his, thereby his relationship with Isabel Isabel. too. Um, and you know, he's, so through this book, he's still in his young, his early twenties and you know, men still aren't very smart at that age. Um, and At what issue to get smart? Because I'm still waiting. <laughs> and he's sixties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think he gets there. Event. He obviously gets there eventually. Um, but to me, it was too little, too late. I needed more yeah. of a redemption arc. I I really yeah. needed him to be in his depths of despair at some point, and he never was. Yeah, it was just kind of like. You know, she runs away for a split second. He's like, where the hell have you been? Don't do that. And she's like, I went, I was I out. went for a walk. And I saw you macking on yeah. your mistress. He's like, oh, I was just hugging her and telling her goodbye. It's because I love you. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And that's the end. <laughs> I wanted, I mean, okay, I don't need like a formula for these things. But I needed, like I said, I could have handled him being as awful as he was in the beginning, if there was some kind of a redemption arc, and there just never really was. The problem that I had is that... um, I don't think he ever felt bad for the way he treated her. Well, and, like, the turning point was happening at, like, 80% of the way through the book. And I'm like, that's a a lot of book where I'm not liking him. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. And, yeah, I I was starting to like him more as... As that last 20% was going, but that was not enough time to, like, <clears throat> to turn him around. Um, and there was just no 
moment, there was no big moment where I felt he deserved her love. Yeah. Same. Um, what did you think of the structure with the time slips? I liked it because I would have liked it better if there had been change made during that time. Yeah. Um, I thought when it first started that we were, okay, so here we're starting at this end and then we're going back to this end and then we kind of bounce back and forth and we get closer and close, you know, kind of closer and closer in time. Um, but he didn't change. He was still, I mean, I guess Italy was the thing. Okay. But he even had mistresses while they were in Italy on this lovely vacation together. I was just like, dude, can't you keep it in your pants for five seconds and show your wife a good time? Yeah. I really got irritated with him. And, and he's buying, like, he, she talks about this gal that he slept with in Italy has this diamond necklace. He was buying all these gifts for these women with money she brought to the wedding or to the marriage. And, well, I mean, by that they, time, I they would say made... maybe in fairness, like, by that time, he's starting to bring more to the table than previously. But still, would I, he have had any of it? Would I, he have had any of it? I agree, Mom. Okay. I, I so Can you with... tell that I feel strongly about <laughs> Yeah, I do. <clears throat> with the structure, I understood their purpose. And I I liked some of those moments. But, A, they weren't enough. It's like, okay, he got you a music box for yeah. your birthday that he forgot? Sweet. Like, that's whatever. Well, and I liked the scene where, like, she was, he came out and she was banging on the wall with a sledgehammer. And then they sat and tore the wall down together because they were both super frustrated. But I wish that that had, you know, scenes like that should have developed into like we should have seen more of their relationship growing and I just never felt like he like she changed and grew I could see a lot of growth in her mm-hmm. but I never felt like he changed and grew at all yeah um at least not the way I, I wanted I think, him to grow <clears throat> I think too I needed some like present as in when the book is taking place present proof that they were in love as well and like I understood, I understood what was going on. Like, she was trying to show that their friendship was turning into something more, but I didn't ever, I mean, like, I felt like the stuff that we got in the past, in the, like, flashbacks was mainly just proof of their friendship and not necessarily, I don't know. Well, and that's why I was irritated with when they have sex and then after they have sex then he finally thinks oh i might be in love with well, her well that's the thing is like the only thing that takes place in in the present time is them having sex like that's the only turnabout that takes place in in the present and i wanted there to be um more moments of like actual not just physical intimacy but like actual intimacy other than having sex. Right. I guess the advertising and the, and the that's business. That's all in the past. That's... No, they... Because when he had sex with her in the study that one mm, time. Mm-hmm. But okay. I guess that showed some, you know, that he relied on her or whatever. But <clears throat> it just irritated me. But that... it's just kind of like a what have you done for me lately thing. Yeah. It's kind of like... Um, it's like, okay, you got me a bench and you got me a music box. Probably and to like, appease your guilt for having sex with every woman in the country. We worked, and we worked together, um, you know, for our business that one time. And we still do that, I guess. But it's like, okay, but... I mean, what does he bring to the table? Yeah. Because And it's also, the, the time slips came at, like, sometimes the most inopportune times. And they were, and they took up a lot of, a big chunk of the book, too. And so, like, 
when we, so it's like, he's like, let's go have sex. And he's like taking her by the hand. And then it skips to Italy. Flashed to Italy. Oh, it was Italy. I don't care about that. I want to know about (laughs) them having sex. By that point, you know, I'm like, come on, give me something. Give me something to work with here. Um... Well, it, and it made me feel like, I mean, I literally felt like, okay, she's a hellcat in bed, so now you're going to love her, but you're not going to love her for all the crap she put up with for the past eight years from you. Well, not even all the crap, but like all the good, good times things, that yeah. they had. Like, and it, he kept talking about how he like respected her. And it's like, obviously you don't, if you're like treating her like this now at this point. Um, I wish that partway into their pact, he realized that he was falling in love with her. And that then he had to try and woo her and get her to come around. That's how I wish the book had played out. Instead of this, you know, oh, once they have sex and, you know, she's pretty into it in bed, then, okay, now I think I might fall in love with her. Um, okay, let's talk about Alice. (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) Was that just weird? I thought it was weird too. And someone one of the readers asked about this too and I was like, yeah, that was weird. It was weird that I, I think it was weird that he never let her pet her or hold her. I thought that was kind of weird. It was weird that it's cuz it was symbolic of his relationship with Isabel. Yeah, and it's dead. <laughs> um it was weird that she had it stuffed. First of all, I think just stuffing animals in general is weird. But whatever. But um it was just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, first of all, just like the, I mean, I guess this must have been a thing in Victorian times, but just keeping a mouse in your pocket was strange. It made me think of, was it Shawshank Redemption, where like the crazy old guy in prison had a mouse on his shoulder? Um, or in Green Mile, too, the guy had a little mouse that saw all these prison guys. It made me think of these crazy prison guys that <laughs> carried mice. mice. Um so, just that alone was strange. And then, like, he, I, anytime he was with Alice, I just had, like, this, my precious. My precious. <laughs> my little precious. I will hug her and love her and pet her. <laughs> yeah, it was just very strange. Um, and it's, like, I get what it, I get the symbology, like, the symbolism of it and, like, what it was supposed to represent, but it was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah, it was. <laughs> And just, like, the bell jar, which it's all very, like, Victorian. And well, I and it, she but... was really sweet about the whole thing. She was sweet about everything. She was too sweet about everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get your dirty dead rat out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty heartless. <laughs> yeah, that is that is what your response <laughs> From what I know you've said about other things. Like, sentimental things. I'm fine. No, I'm not saying with the dogs. <laughs> I'm saying just with... My dad is much more sentimental oh, about a lot of things. A lot of things. And especially animals. <laughs> Mom is not. Um, anyway, so, yeah. The Alice thing was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it was um which and for a character that i already like wasn't loving i'm like what the hell is with this mouse <laughs> it's just strange representing your crazy ex-girlfriend <laughs> yeah okay um we've kind of 
talked a lot about this already, but what did you think of the conflict? And I think more importantly, like the resolution to the conflict, because it's all, it's all in the blink of an eye that it all happens. Like conflict, I think is like her leaving and saying, I mean, I guess the overall conflict is, um, this relationship with Isabel, which I guess obviously takes place over a large chunk of the book, um, or all of the book. Uh, well, and not to mention that 90% of the things that came out of Isabel's mouth was off-putting. Yeah. And she was awful to him. Well, I think she gets, I think that's, you know, she progressively gets more like, this isn't somebody that... Yeah, so I don't understand where he felt some great need to take care of her when she was being really super rude to him. Yeah. And, um, you know, he started to see, like, kind of more red flags as he went along with Isabel, like... She's not thinking about her kids. She's not thinking about my but wife. But then he kept saying, but I promised her, but I promised her, big deal, dude. She's, you know, she's your own person. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, it's like, but that's, I think, what I'm talking about where, I mean, I think especially because women had no ways of taking care of themselves, taking care of themselves. I understand that. And I get that. And so I think. I think that's what it comes down to. Well, is... and I would have been fine with her going to him and asking, you know, look, I'm in trouble. I need help. Would you help? And he would say yes, and he would take care of her. But he doesn't need to have sex with her or sleep with her or raise her children or leave his wife. Those yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, yeah. So he starts to see more red flags, and he starts to bone his wife, which apparently is... <laughs> The turnaround. The turn of point that's like, <laughs> hey, I think I do love her because she's a hellcat in bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's like we said, it's everything, everything, it's, she sees him at the estate, like, first of all, when he brought her, when he brought Isabel to the, to, like, their house. I was like, get her out of here. Why did you need to bring her here other yeah. than the fact that she needed to see you, that Millie needed you to see you with Isabel for, like, yeah. this conflict, I guess. Why would you even think to bring her to yeah, your house? Yeah, I was annoyed by that. Because it's like, that's, like, your guys' place. Like, keep her away from there. He, he was going on and on about how we built this together. and Yeah. Um, I just felt like that could have happened not at the estate. And yeah, point would have been made. But then Millie wouldn't have seen them. And I think that was more so the point. Um, and I, yeah, it's like, it all, it's just like, where were you? I was away. I was on a walk and I saw you with Isabel. Well, I was telling Isabel that I wanted to be with you. Okay. Because I love book. you. I love you too. <clears throat> End of book. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I get Trust me. I get that this kind of stuff happened in that time period. Yeah. I understand that. I understand a lot of terrible things in relationships happened in that time period. I don't want to read about them in a romance novel. Or if if I'm going to read about them, it better be, like, way more, I don't know, like you said, more grovelly, more... I needed more of a redemption arc. I and... needed more of a more groveling. I needed more of her kicking him to the curb and then him having to crawl his way back. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't feel like he ever had to crawl his way back to her. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He did. And not... I needed some kind of grand gesture. Yeah. Because she deserved a grand gesture. Yeah. And he was just a grand a-hole. 
Um, let's talk about sex. Well, it's pretty tame. Honestly, I could have dealt with more of it. Of course you could have. Well, but, um, yeah. just, and I think it's mainly because that's the only time we got any sort of, like, well, it's when I saw growth in her, which is what I liked. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think. Well, we're reading Cressley Cole next week, so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> With your brother, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, um, you'll get your sex in that time. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> we already said, I think what needs to be said about the sex scenes is that it's, but I think that's why I wanted more of it was because that was, like, the only time we got any sort of, like, connection between the two of them, which yeah. is unfortunate. Well, and I wanted to, because... I mean, I realize that they have other moments of connection, and I don't want to, like, down... Because I do like the, like, message of friendship, beginning, romance. I like all of that. But, um, I felt like... <clears throat> Um, we needed, I don't know, like, those moments that, like, we always talk about is those moments when, because, like, spoiler alert, I could not think of a swoony I couldn't moment. either. The swooniest moment was between Hastings and Helena. I couldn't think of a swoony moment between him and her yeah. because he just was so off-putting. Like, I, I wrote, I'm like, I don't know, when they talked about the lavender fields, and not because, like, of anything he did, I guess he gave her the lavender, but just because that, like, imagery sounded kind of dreamy, and... And then they grew this huge lavender field and yeah. made honey. Yeah. But, um, and then he gave honey to, Is to Isabel. Gosh dang it. Bastard. <laughs> He's such a bastard. <laughs> but also, I do love that, because fairness to Isabel, she's like, you're seriously bringing me honey that you're, you and your wife made together? <laughs> He's like, well, it's from, like, my fields. She's like, yeah, but you guys made it together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like. Okay, so I guess the bottom line is. He's just stupid. <laughs> He's having sex with all these women, but doesn't understand women whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, but I, I wanted her to say something sooner because, like, the scene where he says, okay, we're going to have sex in a week. And she's like, eh, 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 but he thinks she doesn't want to have sex with him because she doesn't want him to touch her or she's afraid of him or whatever. But she doesn't want to open that door because she's afraid he's going to leave her. Well, she's afraid it's going to, like, make it even harder when he leaves her. Yeah. And so I wanted, I just really wanted her to speak up sooner. So that was my only quibble with Millie, but I did have more than one quibble with. Well, not so, like, with the sex scenes. I And I think there's some listeners who say this as well, but I wanted, um, I wanted the moments of, like, falling in love to, to happen which I guess, I guess the implication is that they do because of the time. In outside the, of the sex. Yeah, outside of the, and I wanted them to happen. I wanted him to fall in love with her prior to having sex with her. That was what I said. I wanted him to fall in love and then have to woo her. That's what I wanted to see happen. Um, but it's like he doesn't even realize that he's in love with her until that very end. We get the I love you and then the end. Author's note. <laughs> part of the other book <laughs> yeah so those are my feelings yeah you've made them very clear very clear i thought he was a dick um so very polarizing comments on very different comments on the listener comments well if they don't agree with me they're wrong 
<laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of love, and there's also a lot of agreeing with you. Don't get me wrong, because I do love a good historical romance. Yeah, we don't read a lot of them anymore because everybody likes us to read the contemporary. They always want to try and throw me under the bus somehow. <laughs> but um, I do love a good historical romance, and um, and like I said, her writing is beautiful. Like it I is. do want to read another book because this is my first Sherry Thomas book. Um, I've actually met her before. Um, at a reading salon in Austin. Um, I'm sure she remembers. <laughs> but, I'm um, sure she does. I'm just going <laughs> to hunt you down because your mom said uh, terrible things about her book. Yeah. Well, um, I, but I did love her writing. I would actually, I would love to read Helena and Hastings' book. I think that yeah. that story might appeal to me more than... That's the other thing is there, um, it was, mom and I were saying, like, it was kind of, this being book two, it was kind of hard to like keep track of what the hell was going on with. Um... Everybody died in this book. Everybody <laughs> had a husband or spouse that died in this book. Well, it was hard to keep track of what was happening with um, what was her name, the sister, Venetia. Ven- yeah, Vene- yeah, Venetia. I think is how you would say it. Yeah. Um, it was hard to keep track of what was going on with her husband's. Yeah. That she had multiple she was that on her died. Third. And I'm and guessing then, the first book is about her and the Duke. Yeah. Yes, it is. And like, it was hard to keep track of what was happening with with the, the time slips. It was like, wait, who is she married to at this point? She, yeah, because um, she was kind of bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then... Not in a slutty way, but in a... There was um, a lot of Helena and Hastings, which I didn't mind because I actually liked them quite a bit. Sometimes more. I liked Hastings more than I liked... I liked Hastings. I wanted Hastings to you. smack him in the head yeah. and say, you're an um, <clears throat> But... It was, but there was a lot of them, and it was like, if I'm not gonna see the resolution to this in this book, like, why am I reading so much about them, kind of thing. Well, I would be more interested in their book than this one. This one. You need to read the back cover description for their book because it's insane. I'm like, okay, like she, like they get they elope. I mean, I'm just gonna tell you, they elope because and, she's ruined her reputation. Yes, because she's ruined her reputation. So he marries her. So he marries her. I knew her. that was going to happen because that's what they kept saying but in the book. But the day after they get married, there's a carriage accident and she loses her memory. So she doesn't remember hating him. And so he, like, kind of, like, overboards her. Mm. And, like, you know, tells them that, tells her that they're <laughs> in love and all this stuff. And then she starts remembering, like, oh, wait, I actually hate you. <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm like, I'm on board for that one. <laughs> That actually sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, somewhat creepy, but I was like, ah, that sounds pretty good to me. At least they didn't have kids involved, which yeah. is overboard. Yeah. Um, <clears> okay. <throat> Here is uh, an email from Arthur. He says, hi, Ellen and mom. I'm ranking this marriage of convenience slash unrequited love romance with a tinge of friends to lovers as a soft like. I felt deeply for Millie and Fitz and the companionship that grew between them over the years. Seriously, though, why did they have to bump it from six years to eight? Seems a bit random, in my opinion. Yeah, I wish they had done it six, too. Um, this is my first Sherry Maybe Thomas... because she was like a baby when she got born. Yeah, I mean, she got married. married. This is my first Sherry Thomas read, and from what I've learned, the dual timeline technique is something she's deployed in other books. I found it to be quite effective here. Otherwise, the emo-loaded... Fits would have come off as unbearable had the story unfolded in chronological order. It would have been. <clears throat> it's true that, w- it, it that was, helps. He was unbearable even though it, even this way. 
Arthur Just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> I don't want anyone not to read the book of, because of my comments. But he's... <laughs> it's a good... That's the thing is it's, it's like hard because it's a good read, but it's... He, well, that's because I sat and read. I mean, I was engrossed in the story. Yeah. I just didn't like him. But yeah. Arthur continues. That leads into my main issue with the book, the overflow of angst. It's not like I need every romance to be a feel-good ride, but this was filled with so much painful longing, all while Fitz had open affairs with numerous mistresses. I get that this is probably what would happen in real life, and it doesn't ha- need to have that breezy rom-com sheen to make things all happy, but this sort of complicated love story particularly one that needs to throw up a trigger warning for suicidal ideation and alcoholism is typically not what I'm seeking out in the romance genre. As much as I enjoyed the side scenes with Helen and Hastings, I didn't think they were necessary and they took time away from Millie and Fitz. Yeah, I agree with that. That being said, I'll be interested in following their story in the next standalone entry, Tempting the Bride. As for Alice, I understand the metaphor of her dying right as Isabel got married and then her being kept under glass as a symbol of Fitz trying to preserve the love between himself and Isabel. But did Millie have to taxidermy Alice? And then did Fitz really have to touch her dead body? I know I'm nitpicking here, but it just makes me feel a little icky. Yeah. Sorry for this lengthy comment thread, but I just have one more thing to add. I do appreciate the importance of Millie and Fitz's friendship and the foundation it builds for their eventual love. Venetia put it best, quote, love without friendship is like a kite, aloft only when the winds are favorable. Friendships is friendship is what gives love its wings. Yeah, I I really liked that whole. Mm, I think oh. it could have been told better though. <laughs> I I agree, I agree. Um, yeah, there was something else he talked about that uh, I was going to comment on. But anyway, amen to everything you said, Arthur. Because yes, yeah. Oh oh, I know. Yeah, here's my problem. So this 16-year-old girl is married to this 19-year-old guy. He's drunk for three weeks. She finds him on the porch with a, with a gun pointed at his head. Yeah. Okay. So then she finds out it's a dummy gun. She's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And he's like, and he like makes fun of her for it. And I'm like, dude, I would have thought you were trying to kill yourself too. Mm-hmm. You were too drunk to know it was a dummy gun. You were trying to kill yourself with how much alcohol you were yeah. intaking as it was. Yes. So why would she not have jumped to that conclusion? Yeah. So let's not tease her about it and make fun of her for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell how I felt about this, but... <laughs> Laura says, I love it. <laughs> oh, Laura. Laura, Laura, Laura. <laughs> Even though it is angsty, I did like how Sherry Thomas showed us that they actually have been falling for each other through the years. Fitz was pretty much in denial that he was doing so, but you can tell by his actions through the whole novel that it's finally dawning on him, like the symbolism of the lavender cutting that becomes a field and something they built upon and it's part of their lives. And I liked that Millie admitted that part of it was her own fault because to protect herself she needed very much to hide her feelings for him and part of that was encouraging him to look for other partners. But at the same time, I can understand why she did it and felt so much for her. Yeah, I really like all the, like, I like all the messaging. I like all the symbolism. I like all the, I like all of that about the book. I like the whole home makeover they did. Yeah, yeah. Ashley says, I loved this book so much. Oh, Ashley. (laughs) I don't want, because I, I don't want it to sound like I hated the book. I just hated him. And it was hard for me to get into the book 
because of my hate for him. Yeah. And I can see why people would like, I mean, I can see why people like it. Um, yeah. Asha says, I love this book so much. The minute I finished this, I knew it was going to be a top favorite. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Mom, be kind. (laughs) Millie was such an amazing heroine who had such a quiet strength to her. My heart ached for her the entire time. She was always so calm, cool, and collected and never once tried to play the victim. Yeah. I thought the flashback scenes were done so well. It really allowed us to see the respect they had for each other and how they are able to form a true partnership and friendship. Even though this is a romance where you know there will be an HEA, I also feel like Millie would have been fine no matter what happened. How Sherry Thomas was able to write a cheating hero that you root for is beyond me. Well, she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that Ashley obviously rooted for, but... Good job, Ashley. But that that mom did it. I did not root for him. (laughs) I wanted her to go find someone better. Um, She says, I couldn't even find it in me to hate Isabel either. While I certainly wasn't a fan of hers, I understood the reasons for her actions. The scene that sticks out to me is when they're all at the train station picking up Fitz's sister and Isabel randomly shows up. Everyone is being polite to her, but at the same time talking with their eyes like, what is she doing here, bro? Meanwhile, Isabel is acting like the gang is back together and trying to pick things up as if the past several years never happened. I just see this scene so perfectly in my head. Sorry for the longer post. I could probably go on and on with it. One last question, though, which I'm sure you'll address. Alice, sweet or creepy? Creepy. <laughs> okay, I feel like I need to tell mom to chill out on... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> ...telling people that they're wrong. People are entitled to their opinions. Yeah, they are. That's fine. <laughs> but they're wrong. <laughs> well, I know, I get myself in trouble. You're right. Ashley, you're right. It's lovely. And I agree with you about Millicent. I thought Millicent was very... I really, uh, I liked how she was so strong, especially for how young she was through most of it and mm-hmm. how strong she was. And, um, I guess what it comes down to is that first, for some people, the, the arc was enough and like he had done enough to be good in their eyes. For us, he did not. He needed to crawl across broken glass. <laughs> Die Hard style. <laughs> to, save her, Plaza. <laughs> to save her life. <laughs> from, from Alan, Alan Rickman. <laughs> from German Alan Rickman. Hans Goober. <laughs> Tiernan says, I don't like time slips too much uh, or angst. Uh, I don't like time slips too much angst or unfaithfulness in my romances, but this worked for me. I loved this book and it was my recommendation for the poll. Sorry, Tiernan. Sorry. Uh, I loved, I loved, did I say that Tiernan wrote this? I don't remember if I did. Tiernan wrote this, by the way. Um, I loved Fitz because Millie loved him. Uh, Millie amazed me. I could feel the unrequited love, the pain and sorrow. How dramatic. And Millie suffered in silence. She was so composed while her heart broke year after year. The scene that affected me the most was at the train station when Isabel showed up. And Millie gets there and sees her from the carriage and gets right back in. Wow. Sherry Thomas wrote an incredible book. She really, in my honest opinion, wrote a technically superior historical romance. I'm rambling, but the best way to describe her writing is that she takes the reader and dangles them off a cliff and then pulls them back just in time. 
This was a reread for me, and I couldn't help but wonder how they would have an HEA, and they did. I won't start on Alice the Dormouse that Millie had preserved out of her love and friendship for Fitz. How did she come up with this? I can understand how this would not be for everyone, but this was fantastic. Five stars. Um, I do, like, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad I read it. I enjoyed her writing. I don't want people to think that I'm just dogging. The only part I had a problem with was his character. Yeah. I, um, I agree that, I mean, she wrote a, a very good historical romance. Um, and, and it's like I said, I think it's very much in keep, I think it's the most, like, possibly the most authentic historical romance I've ever read. But, um, I just didn't necessarily love that about it. <laughs> <laughs> Their relationships back then weren't always, you know, we don't have to read about every little thing that they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cassie says, Cassie from last week's episode. From last week. Um, overall, this book didn't work for me. Well, and she even said, she said, oh, I've got some thoughts on next week's book. <laughs> um, I tend to enjoy books where the heroine pines for the hero, but this had a bit too much of that for me. I very much did not enjoy reading about Fitz's repeated infidelity, infidelity with various mistresses all throughout the book. I wanted Fitz to realize he loved M- Millie much earlier than he did, and ideally before they had sex. Thank you, yes. Cassie. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> There's Their romance felt kind of cheap when it could have been a great slow burn friends to lovers romance too much page time was spent on isabella and the ending was very rushed yes the way the timeline bounced all over the place through the pacing off i think this would have worked better if it had been told chronologically the scenes between helen and hastings always seemed out of place to me all in all i was entertained throughout the book and i think the premise was interesting but the execution execution didn't work for me I think I would try another book by this author because I appreciated the writing and the idea for the story, but this particular book just didn't come together for me. Um, like-minded Cassie this week because I that's basically... I don't know how much I agree with um, if I think this would have been more... If I think this would have been better chronologically. What do you think? It was, it was fun. I mean, I kind of saw what she was doing and I liked what she was doing. In a way, it kind of almost... Well, it sort of is because... I mean, all the flashbacks are told chronologically, I yeah. think. Um, um, but, yeah, I just, I just couldn't get on board with him. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah says, loved it. We see the hero going after the girl all the time in romances, so it was a nice change of pace to see a hero who isn't desperately trying to get noticed. That said, it was super angsty, and there were times I wasn't sure I'd be able to take it. But I'm so glad I did, because it's a beautiful story of love, of true love preserving or persevering uh it also shows us that life isn't always pretty and it doesn't always follow a certain formula formula or path to true love where there are never any obstacles or in this case mistresses you have to earn it and sometimes yes fight for it harder than you ever thought you would or should but it always wins in the end just beautiful see and that was something else i would have liked to have seen him do is because she would ask him about the mistresses, you know, and she would tell him about how, I know, I know how you work the room and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wanted him to feel bad about it. It's not, I wanted yeah. him to at some point say, you know, I don't want to discuss this with you. Or I wanted you know, him, he never felt bad for the way he treated her. You know what would have been good is to have, um, to have that be like a, kind of like, um, 
Francesca and Michael in Bridgerton where like tell me something tell me something wicked yeah like have her, have that be like a thing that's part of their friendship is that like they talk about these mistresses but then as like the as the as their relationship goes on he starts to feel more and more like weird and icky about it yeah you know because he's feeling I wanted him to feel <clears throat> icky about it that he was cheating so, like, on his wife start, for years. I think it would have been good if, like, when they started, it was, you know, just this thing that was kind of fun. But then as it goes on, it's like, uh, I feel, See, I feel weirder about this. I don't feel like we ever got any kind of even remorse out of him for anything when he was just not a good husband through most of the book. Yeah. Rhea says, this is one of my all-time favorite romances. There you go. Sherry Thomas is just an amazing writer. I don't disagree with that. And I recommend her books to people, whether they read romance or not. I love how she writes such flawed and complex characters. Um, I will say, Mom, Sherry Thomas writes the Lady Sherlock series that... Oh, I might be interested in that. Yeah, has been recommended to you before. Um, So, I mean, yeah. As long as he doesn't show up in them. (laughs) I don't, I Maybe don't. as a murder victim. <laughs> <laughs> Millie kills him. <laughs> Millie kills him. That's it. I'm done. The wife did it. <laughs> or Isabel kills him. <laughs> oh, that could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's the only time we've ever <laughs> recommended murder. On, murder. On a book. <laughs> Usually book the book boyfriends were like, oh, which book family pick? Oh. <laughs> uh, Sarah says, I know this is a Romance Landia favorite, but it was not for me. Um, I was surprised because I enjoy the writer's Lady Sherlock series. I found Fitz to be oblivious and selfish. I never felt like he matured over the course of the book. Thank you. Thank I, you. I didn't feel his emotion for Millie. It felt more like she was a convenient choice for him rather than a romantic choice. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. The entire book, I thought Millie could do so much better than him. Yeah, Agreed. she could. Um, but I will, I would like to read the Lady Sherlock series. So, yeah. cause I did really enjoy her writing. I just didn't care for this one character. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we have like two polar opposite Sarah's and now we have two polar opposite Ashley's cause here's Ashley who says, I'm in the minority here, but I was not a fan of this book. I didn't like the time jumps once or twice in a book is okay, but this was too much for me. I hated, I mainly think, this is Ellen talking now. Um, I mainly think I would have. Um, I think I would have liked the time jumps better if they were shorter and, um, if they'd shown us more growth in his character. I, I just, I just really wanted more present day. I mean, I feel like the only thing that happens in present day is they have sex yeah. and he cheats and he goes, hangs out with Isabel. Like that's the only thing that happens in present day. And so I wanted there to be, I wanted there to be more happening, like, at that point in their relationship. Kind of like what I was saying, like the, the what have you done for me lately thing. It's like, okay, yeah. cool. He gave you like a present and you guys had like a good moment like six years ago. But what about, what is what is he doing for you now other than boinking you? Well, he bought her a music box on her birthday at a, it's like going to, you know, 7-Eleven and getting a bear with holding a heart. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, when she was 17. When she was 17, because he didn't know when her birthday was. Nice husband. (laughs) Um, Ashley continues. I hated that Fitz was banging all these other women while married, even though she gave him 
quote-unquote permission. I didn't really like the non-main character POVs, even though they were setups for the next book. I did not enjoy how he treated Millie when Isabel weaseled her way into his family moments. Yes. This book relied way too much on the quote-unquote must-have-an-air reason for sex, and the six months or give-up timeline seemed weird to me after they had been married for so long. Millie just suffered for so long, and the payoff wasn't worth the pain. Yeah. Good, good line. Yes. <clears throat> this one just didn't work for me, but might give one of her other series a try since people seem to like them. Payoff wasn't worth the pain. Yes. Yes. Agreed. That might be <laughs> the, the, um, the one-liner for this podcast. Well, I wanted her to string him up by his balls. No. <laughs> that would be painful. Then he might <laughs> redeem himself. Jess says, I read this last year and absolutely loved it. There you go. The angst, the pining, all of the emotions, it all just really worked for me. This book wrecked me in the best of ways. I don't have much more to add that others haven't already said, so I'll stop gushing. On the flip side, Jen. So both people we've had on the show. Yeah. Uh, agree with <laughs> well, Jess didn't agree with you. Jen does. This book did not work for me. My heart broke every time Millie was humiliated or had to swallow her feelings, which is 90% of the book. Yes. Literally. Like, literally 90% of the book. Um, I kept telling myself the payoff will be amazing. The six months they'll have together will be so sweet. Yeah, that didn't happen. They have about three days of bliss, and then man baby Fitz couldn't handle his emotions and pulls away from her. The ending was so rushed. When they finally unite, Fitz only ever says to Millie, I've been such a fool. That's it. They needed to be, there needed to be a lot more groveling from him for me to feel good about this pairing. Thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's mom. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Aida says, okay, I bit the bullet and decided to read this one and now I'm frustrated. Miss Thomas writes beautifully, and it could have been a great book with little change. Had the past chapters been shorter, his sister's drama just hinted at, and a couple of extra chapters shown uh, Fitz truly devoted to his wife, then it would have been a winner. I think that's where I land. Is like, I think that there's potential, and I, I, because it's not even that I dislike the premise, and I didn't dislike him to the point of him not being able to be redeemed, like... I thought that she could have turned it around, but it just didn't. I wanted to see more of him trying to win her over. Yeah. And there just wasn't any of that. I mean, and a lot of that's on her. She kind of fell into his arms super easily. But I don't know. I just needed more from him. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Miriam's got a lot to say. Does she agree with me or not? She doesn't agree with you. Miriam! <laughs> She says, I love this book so much. I read it a few weeks ago along with the rest of the series and will definitely be reading more Sherry Thomas. So to echo some other comments, I would have preferred just to focus on Fitz and Millie. I found there was too much of Helena and Hastings, especially as the book was not really that long. I'm not usually that fond of this type of flashback structure, but I thought it worked really well here. Of course, I'm not a fan of infidelity, but I don't think you can p compare Fitz, um abed his mistresses to infidelity in a normal marriage i kind of agree with that and that's fine i just didn't like the way he dealt with it i mean i still think he could have been a bit more discreet i don't think he slept with isabel because he was quite particular about wanting to wait the six months and already by the second time he met up with her he seemed to be unsure about her and a bit disconcerted with how she was rushing ahead with plans and how dismissive she was of millie yes i might have liked 
Fitz to realize he was in love with Millie a little earlier, but I think he had grown to love her, but with her seemingly not showing any interest, and yes, it would have been nice for him to have figured out what she felt for him, but she obviously put a great effort into hiding her thoughts and feelings. When she was panicking at the agreement of the six months, he was reading that as if the thought of being with him would have been too abhorrent. Anytime they might have got closer, she pushed him away because in her mind she was protecting, protecting herself, but to him it seemed like rejection. I think that's fair. Okay. <laughs> no, I do too. I mean, I said I think that she, I wish she had said something sooner or done something sooner to make him understand. Although he suggested the eight rather than the six-year delay on consummation, I think after Isabel was married and had had her first child, he would probably have put that aside and maybe they would have communicated sooner. By the time they were in Italy, for sure. Also, I was kind of annoyed at him having a lover there. Okay, so there wasn't any hint of romance before the night of the one bed, but they were having such a good time together and the holiday was her birthday present. He couldn't have gone just a few weeks without... Thank you. Yes. (laughs) He, like, takes her on this romantic getaway and then gets it with another woman. Yeah. It's like, keep your dick in your pants for, jeez, a week, for heaven's sake. That scene at the train station was so heartbreaking. Read the room, Isabel. Nobody wants you here. Um, I had some sympathy for her because it wasn't her fault Fitz had married someone else, but it didn't seem like she'd had an unhappy marriage. She had her kids, and then she expects she can just waltz back into Fitz's life. Ugh, and her invitation and little chat with Millie staking her claim. I was so mad at her. I don't think it was having sex that revealed to Fitz that he was in love with Millie. It was that she responded, stopped trying to hide her feelings, and just let go. I think that's fair. That's fair. I think he had all of the ingredients to being in love with her, but her seeming indifference, which other people saw through, but she probably let the mask slip a little when Fitz wasn't looking, had held that back. But when she let that dam open, it was the culmination of everything that they had gone before, and I loved it. As to what came after, yes, for any of us, it's easy to shout at Fitz and tell him Isabel is not his problem and to tell Millie he loves her when she tells him the truth. But he's been living with this story of this great love for so long, it's hard to just let it go. I wonder what would have happened if Isabel had never come back. Would the end of the pact have been the same without all the angst or if she'd come back four years earlier? Yeah. This kind of reminded me of Civil Contract by Georgette Hare on the death of his father, the hero realizes he is going to have to sell the family estate, but a wealthy but uncouth merchant uh, suggests he marry his daughter instead and his debts will be paid off. Where it veers from the ravishing the heiress is that she says she wants to have a family, whereas he probably is thinking of having a platonic marriage. For a while, at the start of the marriage, he compares her unfavorably to his former love, but steadily she becomes his rock and in the end he tells her he loves her, but it's more of a quiet type of love. And oh, I just didn't like it at all. It was one of those books that people said, oh, read it when it, I read it when I was younger and I didn't like it. And now I'm more mature and it's actually one of my favorites. And maybe I'm just not very mature, but it just, I just didn't like it. I much preferred the ex- explosion of pent up emotion at the end of Ravishing the Heiress. <clears throat> I think that that's fair. I think the comment about the sex is fair. I think that, um, I do think that it's maybe not. As, like, what you were saying, that it's not as much as, wow, she's a real hellcat in in the sack. I think it's more that, for the first time, he's seeing that maybe she is, has some, like, passion to her. For him, in particular. Okay. (laughs) 
And then finally, we have an email from Teresa. <clears throat> she says, pardon me as I adjust this crick in my neck from the emotional whiplash I got reading Ravishing the Heiress after the love hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, that is quite the, <laughs> the turnabout. Um, this isn't my first read of the book since Sherry Thomas is one of my favorite authors. I love this book before because of the unrequited love trope. Most readers will also agree whether they like Thomas's stories or not that her lyrical prose is unparalleled. And yeah... But after several more years under my belt, I found that my perspective and love of the book has matured after a reread. I can now appreciate, I can appreciate now that while this book is categorized as a romance, it is much more than boy meets girl and boy falls and boy and girl fall in love. It's really about marriage and com and companionate love, the experiences and decisions two people make to build a life with each other, to develop affection, friendship, and a common purpose beyond, wow, you're so hot and nice. This illustration of marriage is beautifully real. I'm curious whether Ellen's mom and other readers who are married would agree. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think that the overarching <clears throat> message is that, you know, true love and marriage is, is built on more than just. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you agree that that's like a message that the book is trying yeah, to give? Yeah. Yeah. That it's that the friendship is important. Yeah. To build on the friendship. I mean, as someone who got engaged two weeks after I met my husband, <laughs> we were best friends. Um, <laughs> but yes, I do. I just didn't like the way he treated her through ninety-five percent of this book. Yeah, I agree. Um, Teresa continues, I've read that some readers criticize how mousy, mousy and passive Millie is, but I actually found her to be one of the strongest and most realistic Victorian heroines I've ever read. I agree with that. In true Victorian society, there would be far more women with a quiet strength like Millie than a woman who had, who was anachronistically outspoken and headstrong, usually for no reason other than for modern readers to relate better to. I can respect the subtle ways in which Millie asserts her personality and intelligence. Totally agree with that. I agree with that, too. Totally agree with that. And we've talked about that before, that I think sometimes <clears throat> our modern historicals um, kind Push of... for these feisty, yeah. outspoken heroines, where in reality... <laughs> what didn't exist as much. What Millie had, that quiet strength, is really more of what I think women well, had. Well, you even look... I mean, I think that's even just true of, like our grandmothers like yeah you know i think that you don't even have to go that far back to like see that that was more common than you know kind of like yeah yes i completely agree um <clears throat> teresa continues on the hero side I think it is unlikely that Fitz will make anyone's best book boyfriend list, given he wasn't faithful and we know what a no-no that is in Romance Landia. But honestly, that wouldn't make him any different than most husbands during that time. And it is evident from Thomas's and Millie's perspective that isn't the important part of their relationship. The real cheating is emotional, and the true threat to their relationship is Isabel. I also give Fitz credit for always putting Millie first from a public and societal perspective. He makes a public display of showering Millie with attention over his mistress at a society ball and makes every effort to be discreet about starting an affair with Isabel. That's more than people can say for other men during that time. But I think Fitz's swooniest moment is when he asks Millie to be his partner in decisions about their business. 
He really is just a man trying to do the right thing by his duty, his wife, and his family. Um, I agree. Mom doesn't. I agree that he was... I, but that I think that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at, is I think that... <clears throat> I think that he is off-putting to a modern reader, but I think that he is more true to, like, what was going on in that time. I understand that, but I don't want to read about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Teresa uh, concludes, Finally, I didn't catch this the first time I read the book, but holy moly, am I the only one that thinks that Fitz is a closet dom? Um, quote, Open your eyes, he ordered. She only squeezed her eyes shut tighter. Open your eyes or I'll stop. <laughs> End quote. Jeez. Fire emoji. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Teresa, very well said. I, I think I, I concur with everything. I think it works better for you, obviously better than it does for me, but I, I think that's kind of where I land on it too. Um, mom, final thoughts on this book? Well, I kind of went off mm -hmm. as I tend to do. Um, I did enjoy. No, that's usually my job. Yeah, seriously, Ellen, you're really <laughs> lacking this time. No, I don't know if it was me reading it at two in the morning. I don't know what, but I just was. And then I couldn't get to sleep last night because I was sitting there seething from reading this book. So I got to go take a nap. But um, it was, um, I loved her writing. Yeah, I definitely want to read another book. There were aspects of this story that I really, really liked. Um, I just didn't. He was so irritating to me that it... Yeah. I think I think more than anything, like, I just kept wanting to, like, shake him and say, like, get over it. Like, move on. Yeah. Which I think is, like, I think that's where the book ends up is he moves on and gets over it and realizes that, I, yeah, I think it's just uh, romanticizing his youth. Yeah. And... I just needed more of an arc for his redemption. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't get it. And so I was left still. I mean, there was never a moment when I went, ah, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just was yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, like, I really don't have soon, soon, soon moment. Yeah. I don't <laughs> either. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff where they were working together on advertising or whatever was cute, but um, it wasn't very swoony. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts. Mom's very yelly thoughts. I didn't yell. Yeah, you did a little okay, bit. Okay, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and some of your more measured thoughts on <laughs> ravishing. Are you saying that I wasn't measured? <laughs> on ravishing the heiress by Sherry Thomas. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom. Um, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romancebook at gmail.com. Along with us, and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On January 24th, we will be discussing A Hunger Like No Other by Presley Cole with my brother and mom's son, Dylan. We're super excited to have Dylan on the show. It's it's gonna be a bit of a wild card episode, you guys. Um, I think Dylan's a little more reined in than Ryan. Dylan's a little more. Well, worldly rising, right? Yeah, that's that's where it's going to be interesting. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. Bye.
right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Anytime you want me to rant about this. <laughs> Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.